I'm Kevin Hurton, in for Malika Bilal, and this is The Take. We are coming to you on Saturday and Sunday as Israel's war on Gaza continues to bring you the latest updates. Today, Gaza's largest hospital goes dark. Raids and tensions continue in the West Bank. Escalations on the Israeli-Lebanese border and questions about how Israel intends to administer the Gaza Strip whenever the fighting ends. It's Sunday, November 12th. As we record this, it's 12 noon GMT. That's 2 p.m. in Gaza and 7 a.m. in Washington, D.C. Al-Shifa Hospital, Gaza's largest, remained surrounded on Sunday by Israeli troops as they continued to battle Hamas fighters in Gaza City. Israel has used drones, snipers, and other weapons to keep civilians and staff trapped inside the hospital, which had lost power, threatening patients on life support, including infants. We have to move all the neonates to the main theater, the surgical specialty theater. That's Ahmed Mokalati, a doctor at Al-Shifa Hospital who spoke to Al Jazeera by phone. With the moment which happened that we have the electricity to shut down uh, the night before, uh, we lost one adult and one neonate, sadly, because of this. Imagine when we have the whole electricity shut down. Palestinians reported that five other hospitals were also under attack as Israeli bombardment across Gaza intensifies. Local journalist Akram al-Satari said that a UN building near al-Shifa hospital has also been struck. The Israeli occupation forces targeted the UNDB headquarters in Gaza. This is a five-floor building where it's known to be a protected area with all the coordinates with the Israeli side. The Israeli occupation targeted the third floor of that building, and it looks like also unconfirmed number of people were killed and injured in that incident. In the occupied West Bank, Israeli military raids continued over the weekend. Al Jazeera correspondent Zain Basravi sent us this update from Ramallah. On Sunday morning, residents of areas in the occupied West Bank woke up to news that another at least 28 people were detained overnight in raids across the territory. One Palestinian was killed when Israeli special forces raided the village of Burqa, northwest of Nablus. He was shot and injured by Israeli troops, then detained along with four others. He later died of his wounds. His body was handed over to Palestinian Authority officials. The total number of Palestinians now killed in the occupied West Bank since this war began now stands at 186, and more than 2,400 people have been detained. And it must be noted, there is no Hamas presence here in the occupied West Bank. There is no threat from Hamas in these areas. Leaders from around the region met on Saturday in Riyadh to discuss how to address Israel's ongoing assault, which has killed more than 11,000 Palestinians since October 7th. Palestinian Authority President Mahmoud Abbas attended the meeting, which was also the first meeting between Iranian President Ibrahim Raisi and Saudi Crown Prince Mohammed bin Salman since their countries ended a years-long political dispute earlier this year. But beyond condemnations of Israel, it was unclear the meeting had accomplished anything. People we've spoken to in the occupied West Bank say Palestinian President Mahmoud Abbas left empty-handed and returned empty-handed as well. There is frustration over what people here say is a kind of 
malaise and paralysis among their own leaders. They say words of support are great, but to save lives now, there needs to be more practical steps being taken. In Lebanon, Hezbollah Secretary General Hassan Nasrallah spoke on Saturday, promising his forces would continue to attack Israeli troops along those countries' border. On Friday, Israeli planes struck further inside Lebanon than at any time since the fighting began more than a month ago. So um, we've seen Israel uh, striking or shelling the vicinity of several villages. At the beginning, we used to see like three, four strikes in the, in, uh, during the day. Now it's different. Al Jazeera correspondent Ali Hashem has been covering the fighting. Now the whole day, there are strikes, there are warplanes hitting, there are drones hitting, there is shelling. So it's not anymore livable for many people. The Israelis are actually escalating and widening the scope of attacks, while Hezbollah is still committing itself to few kilometers depth within the Israeli territory. Most of the population of South Lebanon, I mean, the borderline of South Lebanon, let me say, in a depth of five to 10 kilometers, most of the people either went uh, north towards uh, safer cities, or some of them even went to, to Beirut. Thousands of protesters worldwide took to the streets again on Saturday to call for a ceasefire, including outside the home of President Joe Biden in Delaware. And finally, Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu said on Saturday that his government would indefinitely take responsibility for Gaza's security, a position that may run counter to warnings from the U.S. and other international backers of Israel, who have warned Israel against reoccupying Gaza, as it did from 1967 to 2005. And that's The Take for Sunday, November 12th. Please join us again tomorrow. This episode was produced and mixed by David Enders with me, Kevin Hurton, in from Alika Bilal, with Sonia Bagat, Amy Walters, Khalid Sultan, Sari Al-Khalili, Miranda Lynn, Ashish Malhotra, Faranisa Kampana, Zainab Badr, and Chloe K. Lee. Alex Roldan is our sound designer, Alexander Locke is The Take's executive producer, and Ney Alvarez is Al Jazeera's head of audio.